Hello everybody, welcome to this week's Blood Red podcast, I'm Andy Kelly, this week I'm joined by James Pierce. alright Piercy? Hiya. And by Christian Walls. Hello. Okay? Uh, well it's loads to talk about this week, we've actually had some football, we've actually seen the Reds, uh, first two games in pre-season, uh, first two of a, a mammoth nine in pre-season, and uh, we'll do them in chronological order and uh, and chat them through, and then we've got obviously loads of... Uh, well, mainly outs to talk about uh, from Anfield this week as well. Uh, we'll kick off over at Tranmere on uh, on Friday night. Christian, um, first time we'd seen Sadio Mane in a red shirt. He was probably um, the story at the start of the game. And uh, he did reasonable, didn't he? He did. He looked quick. He looked direct. It took him a little bit of a, a, a little bit of time to get involved, really. But, you know, you'd expect that first couple of touches... You know, feeling out what it's like to be a Liverpool player wearing a Liverpool shirt. But after that, he was—he looked confident. And you know, yes, it was only against Tramie Rovers, of course. You know, conference side, albeit a very capable one. But once he grew into the game, he, he really showed what what he could be about. He's uh, he's obviously got certain pace. He can use the ball well, and most most promisingly of all, I feel was was the vision he had. He was cutting inside off the right hand side. Um, and moving into a central position, that's where he played for Southampton most of last season, off the front man. And you can see why, because he he's obviously got a knife for a pass, and he, he was fine of Firmino time and time again, and uh, his run. So it, it it bodes well, you know. It's very early days, of course, but I think he'll be happy, you know, both against Tramia and Fleetwood to, to get those first five minutes under his belt, and uh, just give a little glimpse of what he's capable of. He, he looks a, a good signing already. Piercy, that um. Well, we obviously paid a lot of money for him. Uh, you know, big things are expected. Um, what interested me was sort of to develop Christian's point. There was a lot of times he's looking to come inside, wasn't he? We didn't really see him have a go at the uh, the left fullback for Tranmere uh, in any massive way. Um, maybe did a bit more down the line uh, when we get to Fleetwood, but uh, have him switch sides as well. But um, you know, he's a player who who should score a few goals this season. Just the way. Where he likes to play on the pitch, you know, he likes to get in the box and have a go, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I don't think he's he's not what you'd call a natural winger, is he? I think you know, he, even against Tranmere, you know, I thought he was excellent, but you know, he did his best work when he was cutting inside and drifting into those pockets of space in the in the central areas, and uh, he had a few chances. I think he'd be disappointed he didn't get a goal just to just to to get to get that one uh, out of the way. But um, as a creative force, you know, he, he linked up really well with the, the players around him. You know, Firmino had a bit of a nightmare on the night. Um, and, you know, most of the chances that came his way were through the vision of Mane. Um, and, uh, you know, he's strong, uh, great pace as well. You know, you, just, you look at him and, you know, I think we can you could debate that the cows come home that the fee Liverpool paid for him. But in terms of a fit for how Klopp wants to play. You know, it's I think it's crystal clear already why why the Liverpool manager went after him and, and, and asked the club to, to back him so strongly in the market. A couple of other players to mention. Christian Oviajaria, who uh, we've watched uh, quite a lot of down at the academy, um, did really well. He's a player who I've, I've in the past, maybe not... Um, not not disparagingly, but I've always described him as a bit of an enigma because he's he's capable of the most ridiculous um, skill and scoring a superb goal, and then he's also capable of like not being able to 
find a man from five yards away. And he he was he was on his game at Tranmere, and he he probably had more of the ball than anyone else in the uh, forty five minutes. He was very game. much the former rather than the latter, wasn't he? Against yeah. Tranmere, he was a uh, he was confidence on the ball. He looked like he knew what he was doing. He looked like he had a purpose every time he was in possession. You know, he's only eighteen, so those little kinks will get ironed out eventually. But I think he is naturally one of those players who, you know, is a little bit haphazard sometimes in possession. Can be a bit scatty, if you will, when he's got the ball. You know, and he will misplace passes, but what he's got already, I think, is a bit of a presence, and you, you can tell that when he plays. Uh, you know, for the academy uh, teams, that he's big and he's strong, but, but he's also got like a bit of a turn of pace about him, uh, and he's he's got a decent through ball on him as well. So to see him step up into that team, which was mainly senior senior players, you know, there were a couple of academy stars in it, but in general, it was you know. A team that are used to playing senior football, he didn't look out of place. Indeed, he's probably Liverpool's best player. I, I, I mean, I thought he looked better in the, in the first team, mm. Piercy, than when, you know, you and I have, have often sort of sat there and and been mildly unimpressed at times. Yeah. Just so he can be a little bit careless in possession at times, but he, he, you know, he. He linked really well from midfield. You're never quite sure where his best position is. You know, he's a total. You know, long-legged chap, sort of. He was coming from midfield and linking up with the forward line at Tranmere. Um, so off the front, sort of looks to be his best position, I think. But he's, uh, you know, he can he, he can do a few jobs at Jaria. He can, yeah. And you're right. You know, when that, that was probably against Tranmere, you know, I was I was surprised at just how calm and composed he, he was because you know he has been erratic when I've seen him playing the youth team. I think back to some of the FA Youth Cup games last season. Um, but uh, but yeah, he, he looks like he's he's progressing really well. I mean, I know the academy staff were were delighted when they got him from Arsenal a couple of years ago, and he's 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 kicking on. And um, it was a show of faith from Klopp, you know, to give him those chances in the two games in that kind of advanced central role. And again, you know, at Fleetwood, you know, in that in that second half when Liverpool ran riot, he he uh, he caused them a lot of problems. And you know, he's not you know with with a lot of young kids, you sometimes worry about how they're going to cope physically with that step up um, but you don't you know he's uh, he's a real strong presence as well um, so no it's, it's exciting you know the, all the youngsters you know I think you, you couldn't point to any of them over the two games so far and, and say that any of them have let themselves down I think they've all enhanced their reputations yeah uh, he's not he's, he's very much not a, a veteran player but it was it was good to see I think he's what just turned 24 Danny Ings um you know, something like that. Good to see him back, and and you know, I think his goal meant a little bit more to him, didn't it? Because it's you know, it's been a long time. Obviously, I think he got half an hour against West Brom at the end of the season, didn't he, Christian? But um, apart from that, he's had a long rehab from that ACL injury, and yeah. the way he took his chance, sort of for me, there was a little bit of you know, you could tell he spent far too long in gyms and not not enough. <laughs> yeah. You know, playing football wasn't it? There was there was a bit of feel behind that shot, wasn't there? It was sort of you know hitting him against the brick wall as hard as he could. It was a uh, he missed a couple of chances as well, and there was obviously that little bit of frustration maybe. But you know, he was almost a forgotten man, and you can understand why when he was out for the, for the entire of, uh, season under Klopp anyway. Um, but you know, you look at the pro- his profile and, and his attributes and the way he plays, and he just seems every inch of a Jurgen Klopp player. And you do forget how young he is because it feels like he's been around for quite a while. But he only broke onto the scene with Burnley two seasons ago, 
Uh, obviously had a really good debut season and then didn't you know didn't get a chance to prove himself at Liverpool. But you know he presses high, he's, he's energetic, he's got really good movements, he's finishing. You know can get better, but he but, you know you back him in, in the eighteen yard box if he's got a chance. So you you look at the options that Klopp's got and obviously he'll be looking at it and thinking well you know obviously Sturridge is there, Riki's there, Firmino can play as a, as, a, as a number nine or you know false nine as well. So he's going to make an impression this this preseason. Uh, the first thing is to find his fitness, and it looks like he's doing that straight away. He, he looked the fittest player on the pitch. It looked like he'd been in the gym all summer, getting yeah. ready for the for the for this opportunity. Uh, and you know the, the way he is, and and obviously coming back so soon from his injury, sort of is a, is a measure of the man really, and it, it sort of translated into his first couple of appearances this this, uh, this preseason because he's clearly ready to. To challenge and, and become one of Klopp's uh, top men up front. Well, uh, moving on to last night as it was, and uh, Percy, you took the trip up uh, up north, albeit only an hour uh, or so, uh, to Fleetwood. And uh, well, I mean, what an introduction! I mean, I think everyone's been excited by what we saw in the forty-five minutes we saw of Marco Gruich. I mean, we've had to wait since January to see him, really, haven't we? And um, you know. Not didn't come for a huge amount of money and five and a half million. So you know, there's you know, if he turns out to be a player, they've they've got a bargain. And it's you know, what was it? Uh, won a penalty, scored a goal, hit the crossbar, and uh, good celebration. Uh, I mean, it was all there. And uh, you know, we've got to be careful not to get carried away, as you say yeah, in your yeah. report with a pre-season game, but he. He looks to have the physique for it, doesn't he? He does, yeah. I mean, it is difficult to put in context performances like that in pre-season. I mean, Fleetwood, you know, obviously a League One club who just about stayed up last season. That was their first friendly of the summer, so you know, fair to say that they were very rusty um, and ended up falling to bits in the second half. But you, know, you can only judge a player on, on what he does and what he does in, you know, the op- against the opposition in front of him. And there was so much to admire about Gruwich's debut. Um, Physically, I think that was the thing that struck me. I had no idea he was so big. I mean, he's six foot three. You know, he was only recently turned twenty a couple of months ago, and and there were times when the Fleetwood players were just bouncing off him. There was one just before he won, won the penalty, and I think Jimmy Ryan, who's a, an ex Liverpool uh, trainee and youth cup winner with the with the team about ten years ago, um, literally went to put in a challenge and just got shrugged off. You know, like he was swatting a fly or something, and and then the lovely little. But run into the box, gets tripped, wins the penalty. Obviously, unfortunately, Danny Ings couldn't put it away. Um, but then he took his goal really well. You know, bit, you know, a bit fortunate with the deflection, but you know, real, really calm and composed. Take a touch, and hammered it low. And, and you're right, you know, he hit the woodwork soon after. He was, a, he was a menace. His, 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 his movement was good. Um, he reminded me of Matic a bit at Chelsea. Um, and uh, yeah, it was quite funny. It's sort of a clop commented on his celebrations, so, you know, I didn't expect someone to celebrate like that in a pre-season friendly, but I think it just showed how much it meant to him, you know, yeah. it's... Well, Klopp has these down as training, training yeah. exercises, doesn't yeah. he, so, but I think, you know, if you're a 20 and playing your first game, I think I'd tend to go with Gruwich, I'd be celebrating, I have to say. A bit like the... Fans the, love to see that. Yeah, thing. exactly, he showed a little bit of that passion, didn't yeah. he, and, you know, he was having a bit of, you know, he was sort of a bit of needle... Um, I think he scores one cop end though early early season that'll be <laughs> tremendous. It'll be in two oh two, I think. Yeah. He's um 
a bit, a bit some swings really. That not not frustration necessarily, but he's he's been a Liverpool player for six months now, and this is the first real opportunity. And then he obviously had the work permit issue, well not an issue, but he had to go and Jurgen Klopp basically had to vouch for him and say this lad's all right. So he didn't even know he was going to be able to play for Liverpool until last week. It was interesting. That, I don't know whether he told it to the uh, to the panel when he went to uh, to get his work permit, but Klopp. Admitting that he'd never seen him play live before, I'd imagine he didn't tell the the panel that one. No, he took that one away. I mean, which is, I mean, I don't. Some there'd be some raised eyebrows about that. Either that he hadn't seen him live, and also that he'd prepared to say he hadn't seen him live to a certain extent. But on the other hand, I think it was a pretty much a deal that was set up before Klopp ever got here, wasn't it? Or certainly it was one that Liverpool scouts had and. I think Klopp has said before they basically outlined why they liked him and yeah. showed him the well, video. I think the other thing that Bovac had monitored him very closely, obviously he's from that part of the world, um, and it was, you know, I think it was a phone call from Klopp to Gruwich back in December, which, which kind of clinched that deal. And obviously then he was desperate to stay with his boyhood club, Red Star Belgrade, win the league with them, and then get started. So Liverpool agreed to... Agreed to that request, um, but uh, no, I mean, not a great surprise. I don't think that Klopp hadn't been to to Serbia to watch him. I think you know, in, in this day and age, with all the the scouting that goes on, and you know, every game is available to watch at the push of a button. You know, I think I think Klopp would have known what they were getting, especially with Bovac having you know, been aware of him for a number of years. Um, you know, and I think you know, aside from how good he was with the ball and off the ball as well, just just that physical presence is huge because you know you get. So you've been sick in recent years of how many times Liverpool have been bullied out of games. Yeah, and uh, give him, that'll probably give him a chance of maybe coming in. I mean, the big question people will be asking is, well, can he challenge for a first team slot or at least coming off the bench or whatever? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, and, there's always surprises in there, and every because you go yeah. back to like this time last year, and you had like Joe Gomez, when everyone was saying, "Oh, when he get probably get sent out on loan," and that that seemed to be the message at the start of pre-season, and then suddenly you fast forward a month and he's starting the first Premier League game. And you, you wonder whether there could be a similar story with Gruwich, where I must admit I thought, well, the kid who's only just turned twenty, come from Serbia, he ain't going to go straight into the first team. But when you, when you look at him like that, if he can continue that over the coming weeks, then how can he be left out? I mean, both Masip and, and Gruwich come first two signs on the Egan Klopp come with height, yeah. which is yeah. interesting. I think it's a, it's a bit, it was a glaring weakness last last season. You look at like pieces set pieces. And, you look at like the Watford game, for example, when yeah. Galo and Dini absolutely destroyed. Well, the point uh, made in our view from the cop uh, from Sean Rogers um, last week about Joe Allen, really, and he, he was some surmising a thought that I've had uh, regularly, which is I think Klopp just don't think Joe Allen's big enough, and there's nothing you can do about that as a footballer. You know, we, you, you know, if if the manager fancies someone a bit bigger in there, you you know. You, you know, you've got nothing, yeah. nothing else you can offer, is there? Um, but anyway, we're excited about him, and um, you know, can't wait to see him again. To be honest, and see uh, see a bit more of him. Um, second half probably belonged to a couple of the young lads up front, and uh, Ben Woodburn has been a name that's been around the academy for a while. As one of the great uh, hopes uh, of Kirby, really, and. Uh, you know, he he got a half at Tranmere the other night. Uh, we we came in, didn't necessarily stand out, but didn't have any problems really, did he? And then uh, last night, he because uh, he was uh, got on the score sheet, which is great for him, isn't it? Could take that, you know, as a young forward player, that's what you're after. But uh, he also was a uh, you know setting goals up, and he just 
he just looks like he's not at all phased by playing with, with in the first team at all and, and yeah. the lad's 16 isn't he I know that was the thing it, it was difficult to believe you know just when you look at how composed he was out there and you know nothing seemed to phase him that he, that he is only 16 you know he's so young that you know if anyone you, know, you try and try, try and find out a bit more about him you go on the club website and he's not even listed is he under the under you know the academy squads because you know he, he got fast tracked at the age of 15 into the in, into the under 18s um scored obviously scored that amazing goal in the FA Youth Cup last season didn't he which, yeah. um and uh, yeah i mean Klopp was glowing in his praise for him afterwards and said that he'd been on the phone to Alex Inglethorpe obviously he's away with under 21s in Germany to say um you know just how pleased he's been with all the youngsters cuz and Wood, Nate Woodburn absolutely tormented him down that left-hand side. You know, he took his goal really well. He was un- unfortunate not to get another one, obviously, when Firmino scored and then laid on Firmino's second goal for him with a with a great cross, which you know I think a lot of players wouldn't have been able to pick out the man in the middle like he did. Um, and Klopp but, said, uh, what was his phrase? Was it, we're singing big songs? <laughs> is that it? Singing big songs. And yeah. He's, yeah, and I think you know, you, we, we kind of obviously were still not sure exactly who was going to go on the tour of America when Liverpool fly off there next Thursday. But you'd have thought already that Woodburn has almost booked his seat on that flight because um, you know, he, he doesn't look out of place. I think I think the big thing, obviously, is the way that Liverpool's pre-season has been structured is that the kind of the bar is obviously going to be raised each time they play a friendly because you know they go from playing a Conference Club in Tranmere to League One. You know, then now they're obviously then they're going to have Wigan and Huddersfield. Then on the tour, it's Chelsea, AC Milan, Roma. So you know, obviously, doing it against them is going to be very different. But you know, Woodburn's done his chances no harm. Ryan Kent, who yeah. didn't really get much much praise on the back of it, but you know, he was he he was a real menace down that side. Ajaria again. Um, you know, you think of uh, Trent Alexander Arnold in the first half again didn't, didn't they look played out well of at Tranmere as well. Yeah. Set up the goal, Trent. Yeah. So it's um, th- that's been probably the most pleasing thing I think so far is you know it hasn't you know it hasn't really been about you know Gruwich obviously was the standout in the first half, but across the two games, the, the most positive thing has been the, the way that the kids have performed. I think that's yeah. a natural thing during pre-season, isn't it? Because I think first-team players are trying to get fitness back, whereas young players feel like they've got a point to prove. But particularly under Klopp, I think because of last season and what he showed, and obviously the reputation before he came to Anfield about having this you know, this, this love of, of the youth and, and giving them chances and, and, and developing players... I think there's a lot of players at that academy who are thinking, I've got a real chance of knocking on the door here. There'll be a few there sort of going to bed and enjoying their sort of enjoying their dreams, won't they? Because they'll be, <laughs> they'll be thinking, you know, they're probably not thinking about a cold December 11am Saturday kickoff at Kirby. I suspect they're thinking um, bigger things than that and good on them. And they all seem keen to take that chance. So uh, absolutely delighted that that sort of mentality seems to be running through um, those younger players. Um Right, that's 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 the two games, uh, pretty much. Um, but there's been loads of other stuff to talk uh, around Anfield uh, and around Melwood uh, this week. Uh, we should focus first on the departures. Um, so we've had Sergi Canos sign for Norwich. Um, we've had Martin Skrull, uh check in at Fenerbahce, and Jordan Ives off on the American tour with um, Bournemouth already. Um, aside from that, uh, the manager has told Mario Balotelli he needs to go somewhere else, and uh, obviously there's been uh, several back and forth on the Benteke uh, scenario. So take him in turn. Canos, um, 
a player I've enjoyed watching uh, for the under twenty ones. Good wide player, um, you know, and with a real eye for a goal. Um, but um, obviously couldn't come to a deal on on money with him, uh, PSC, and uh, you know they're getting what could amount to four and a half million for him, which uh, you know is is decent money. Though in, in today's market, you know, it's hard to recognise what is decent money, but. Yeah, it yeah. seems a reasonable return. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you could point a finger at any of the deals that Liverpool have done in terms of outgoings uh, so far and say that they've been left shortchanged. I think they've they've got some decent fees. I mean, Canos, it's a bit of a shame, I must admit. You know, I interviewed him after the last game of the season at West Brom and he was absolutely buzzing, said it was, you know, it was the best 10 minutes of my life and I can't wait to come back here in pre-season. I'm going to give 200% and all the rest of it. And and you thought, you know, having had, you know, having had that taste of it, and uh, you know he was a player who has done well at the academy since he since he signed from Barcelona. Um, but sadly, you know you wonder whether he's just had a bit of bad advice because you know, then suddenly the contract talks broke down because he was demanding ten grand a week. And you know I think Liverpool were right to to stand firm on that when you know, it would have it would have completely even if they bowed to his demands, they'd have had ten other players. Uh, youngsters like him banging on the door demanding the same so um, I think probably Canos might regret live to regret leaving Liverpool too soon but I think when, once he said he wasn't going to sign the deal um, they, then they would have risked losing him for probably 200 grand in compensation next summer I think Liverpool had to sell and they've, they've got a good deal you know two and a half million up front a further two million in add-ons uh, and it'll be interesting to see how he does in the championship yeah I think he'll do well Christian he's uh, you know he's he did well at, in his loan spell at Brentford. He seemed to certainly be at home at that level of football. And if he does well for Norwich, they're a team that you could see bouncing back yeah, uh, into the Premier League. And if he if he emerged back in the Premier League in twelve months' time, you, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't you know be surprised at all, would you? No, you you look at maybe a player like Ayala who left Liverpool and eventually ended up at Norwich and, and came up with them. You know, it's that sort of vibe for me. Well, you got to remember as well. He's basically arriving there as a first team player, replacing Nathan Redmond, who's just been sold for eleven, twelve million pounds to Southampton. So he's obviously highly rated, uh, and in Alex Neal, he's got a good, a good boss there who, who obviously develop him. It's nice to see that Norwich, you know, spending getting some new players because when he came up last season, it just seemed like they've had the same team for about five seasons. But you know, a bit of fresh blood now for Canos, and he did well at Brentford, and I think he'll do well there as well. And Worst comes the worst, and he does become Lionel Messi. Liverpool got a buyback clause in terms of the contract. So for me, it's a, it's a win-win. They, they, they've looked strong. They've sent out a message to, to the younger players. I feel that you shouldn't be, you know, don't, don't ask for too much too soon. Otherwise, you you will get sold. You just look at the hard line stance they took with Smith, and obviously Rossus has gone as well. And that that wasn't the same sort of deal. But they're, they're not scared to let these youngsters go if if terms can't be met. And um, but. If he does do well, and if he if he is of the the quality to play for Liverpool in the future, then we can we can bring him back. So, it's it's a no brainer really. Um, another young player on his way, uh, Jordan Ibe. Um I mean, he was this time last year. Um, is it only twelve months ago when Raheem Sterling headed off? It seems a lo- even longer, yeah, doesn't one it? Day, one year to this day. Is it? Well, so um, you know, Raheem Sterling headed to City, and the general thought was, well, we've got his replacement. He's already here. Uh, Jordan Ibels take that step forward uh, and actually he's a bigger stronger uh, and lots of people at Melwood suggested more skillful player than yeah, Raheem yeah. Sterling ever was in training um, but it just hasn't worked out for me you know because I heard you say uh, a couple of days ago 
talking about his confidence levels, and that that was the thing that struck me when you watched him. I mean, he was a lad who just had had it all drained out of him, and that was really surprising given he had a manager like Klopp, who you would say one of his key attributes yeah. is the confidence he can put into his players. Yeah, it, it was just. It, I, it's sad, really, that it's you know it's ended so quickly. Because you're right. You know, I was on that tour in Australia 12 months ago, when he was every game on that tour was about Jordan Knight because he was Liverpool's best player. You know, he was absolutely. He looked so full of confidence. He was you know tearing at his man down the line, whipping in decent balls, uh, and you, you know all the talk was you know not only have Liverpool pocketed 49 million for Raheem Sterling, but they don't need to bring in a replacement because they've got one. You know, the new Raheem Sterling is Jordan Knight. And he'd had such a good end to the to pre to the previous season. Um, then, when the you know the action got underway in August, he, he just looked like a completely different player to the friendlies. And you know, obviously, suddenly there was a lot of negativity at that point with the, the closing weeks of Rogers' reign. Um, but you're right. You know, the big thing under Klopp was we saw so many other players kick on and be transformed and suddenly be full of belief, like Chan and, and Lovren. But it just it just didn't happen for Jordan. This, this I mean, burden he, of expectation almost didn't yeah. think. I mean he got he got, obviously he got that winner in Kazan, didn't he? Which in you in you know, and you at the time you thought that'll be it, that'll that'll light the blue touch paper for for I In fact that was a fireworks night, wasn't it? So, <laughs> yeah, it was so but yeah, he fizzled out a bit after that. It it it, it is bizarre, isn't it? Because it, it looked like it was absolutely set up for a success story there. Yeah. Ian Club comes in. And I think, you know, we all, we all did the stories, didn't we? I think I did, you know, the five players who might improve under Klopp when he came in, and I was number one with the bullets. Like, he was, it was absolutely an absolute no-brainer that he would come in and he would be transformed into this 21-year-old, you know, Kuba, Blazikowski sort of prototype. Yeah. But it didn't happen. It, it just, it, it never really got going. There was flashes, but it never... He never kicked on. He never. He never really seemed to know what his role was or what he was meant to be doing. Or they kept s- trying to simplify it for him, weren't they? They yeah. were saying, look, "Look, just be direct." And, just be direct, and, 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 and it seemed like he always wants to come inside a little bit, where maybe he'd be better getting chalk on his boots. And I think it's a big shame. I, yeah. I really, as one of the people who got taken in by the by the preseason last season, and, and thinking, you know, Liverpool got such a good player on the hands here. And you know, I still think I think Bournemouth have got a very good player on the books as well. Interestingly, always well, certainly a couple of times his games against Bournemouth, he played he played very well. And it's interesting that they were the club yeah. who were obviously they lost um, Richie, hadn't they? So they needed a player sort of out wide. But uh, you know, the fact that one of those where so often that we've seen with Liverpool, the player who's impressed against you, that you end up going and going and getting him, and that's what Bournemouth did and. Um, Fifteen million minus minus whatever um, Wickham Wanderers, couple of million, couple of million Wickham, for yeah. Wickham. So uh, thirteen and odd million. It's 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 solid. If you if you look at it as sort of almost half of Mane, yeah. Do we think it, do we think that's a that's decent? I think the buyback clause helps again to sort of pacify a little bit. But I, I feel I don't like know what it is. I don't know. We don't know. What the, yeah, you'd have to go. You, you would think that Bournemouth have made if it, if the buyback back would have to be a, a lot given their. Yeah, they're putting it in fifteen million. Let's say double. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, you know, I still think he's he's got the potential to to prove Liverpool wrong, to prove that they, they shouldn't have let him go. Because, uh, you know, Klopp sees him on a daily basis, and make no mistake, he, Klopp has has obviously decided look, Jordan Ives not for me. He's not going to feature this season. So that is a very generous offer for a player who's going to be a fringe player. Let's take it. 
So it's not. There's no. There's no question that Klopp has been the driving force behind sanctioning this deal. But I just think a player who's 20 years of age, like we rave about Kevin Stewart making the breakthrough and Cameron Brannigan playing half a dozen first team games, or well, Jordan Ives played nearly 60 games at the top level uh, at an age where most players are, you know, are still trying to even get their foot in the door. Yeah. You know? And so you just think I. I I was surprised just because I thought Klopp would give him one more year. I mean, I'd, no doubt I'd let himself down last season and didn't do himself justice, but I thought they might give him another 12 months because of it, because he is still so young. But Klopp, may, you know, Klopp obviously has decided that he doesn't want to wait around for, for the penny to drop. I mean, his familiarity being, being his, his worst enemy there because you, you look at someone like Lazar Markovic and we don't know what the future holds for Markovic, really. He could stay, he could go... I don't know because I think Klopp's still assessing him, but what's what's Markovic got that eye hasn't? Well, I mean, to be honest, if it's what Markovic has shown in the first two preseason games, which you know, as we've already said, you can't take too seriously. But I mean, he doesn't look like a player absolutely fighting for his no. place at Liverpool. Well, I, think, I think also mean. if there was a fifteen million pound offer for Markovic on the table from Bournemouth, oh. I think Liverpool would be driving him down there this afternoon. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I think, yeah, I mean, Markovic, yeah, he hasn't done himself justice so far, has he? I think he was a big disappointment at Fleetwood because he is one where you look at, and if anyone's playing for their future in these, these friendlies, it's him. But he just didn't, I don't know, there just didn't seem to be any get up and go about him. It was, yeah. you had Mane flying down the left at every opportunity, and Markovic just, you know, he was just on the periphery throughout. But, but now Liverpool feel light out wide for me. Again, you know, one of the big criticisms of Rodgers is uh, finals. Going into the final campaign, uh, was you know all he had was was I out wide because they let Markovic go to Fenerbahce. Now, if a big comes in for Markovic, you know they might be inclined to take it, especially if it's a good one where they can recoup half half or even more of, of what they paid Benfica. And then you're looking at Sadio Mane as a, as an option on the right, and that's about it. I mean, obviously they can bring in players as well, but it just feels like it, it, a bit of a gamble if you see what I mean. He sort of put all his eggs into the cell and eye basket, and he likes that three behind and then the width coming from the fullbacks, doesn't he? So yeah. you know. To a certain extent, you're looking at your wide players. Well, in the current scenario, until we buy another left back, you know, Alberto Moreno on one side and, and Nathaniel Klein on the other side are, are basically your two key providers of, of width. And then Mane, as and when he wants to, you know, try and have a go at full back. Um, but you know, he may be, you know, playing you know, a bit more central than perhaps you would you would you would think. So uh, I think you're right. You know, Mane gets injured. Who then? Milner. On the right, you know, that's not what he came here for, and I think he can do a job on the right, but it just feels I th- like I it's, think, it's light. I think Milner now has sort of has already gone beyond the I've I've come to Liverpool to play centre yeah, midfield, yeah, hasn't he? Most of the good things he did last year involved him putting a cross on yeah. Origi's head, mostly, yeah. didn't it? And uh, that was even when he started in the centre, he drifted out wide, and that's and then you know, he did all sorts of things. He played left back at Ended up left back at Old Trafford for a bit, didn't he? Left back at the Etihad for a bit, yeah. from memory. So you know he, you know he. That's what James Milner's brilliant at. He's a good footballer and can play loads of different positions. And but yeah, I think you're right. I mean, most of his decent work was was out wide, wasn't it? Um, but uh, we should talk about another couple of forward players, Mario Balotelli uh, and Christian Benteke. Well, James, you had a. a were involved in a chat with Jurgen Klopp the other day, and uh, what he basically set out is uh, where where Balotelli was at now in yeah. his Liverpool career, and he was very straightforward and honest, wasn't he? And that seems to have been 
the message he's given to to Mario Balotelli as well. Yeah, I don't think there was any great surprise was there in what Klopp said. I think it was just it was interesting just because it was the first time he'd really spoke publicly about Balotelli. I think ever since he ever since he'd taken the Liverpool job and um, yeah, he just explained it. he'd had a heart to heart with Balotelli and told him where it was at. Um, you know, I think he was at pains to point out it, you know it's not Balotelli hasn't been playing up since he's come back. He said his attitude had been had been absolutely fine. He, you know, he'd, I know he's he'd been at all the sessions he was supposed to be at. He'd been on time, no, no problems there. But he just said where he is in the pecking order, it doesn't make sense for him to stay. Um, and you know, I think you know, Balotelli's on ninety grand plus a week, um, and you you just think you, you could barely think of any striker in world football who would be less suitable for the way that Klopp wants to play. Um, so. He will he will leave undoubtedly before the end of the transfer window. The problem is where does he go, and how does Liverpool manage to get rid of him? Because you know, there's been interest. Um, there was interest from China a few months ago. I think a few Turkish clubs have been sniffing around him, Sampdoria, but no one's actually come up with a concrete offer. Um, and the fear is the longer it goes on, you know, Liverpool are going to end up having to either pay off, pay him off a, a sizable chunk of the last twelve months of his deal. Um, or at least sub, you know subsidise his wages o- over the coming season just to just to get rid of him. And he he, he signed a three year contract with the option of a twelve months extension, uh, obviously two years ago. But the the twelve month option it belongs to the club. So I sent, you know, I think it's fair to say that, that won't be getting triggered. <laughs> um, so it is you know, it, Balotelli is basically on Liverpool's books at the moment for twelve more months, but. They'll be hoping that it's a it's a matter of weeks rather than months. So he could leave on a free next summer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, effectively, he could leave on a free this yeah. summer. I suppose mm-hmm. if they come to an agreement with him over the last year of his of his deal. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll, it'll just be interesting to see who does actually come in for it. It'd be a fit and end, wouldn't it? It's one of the most disastrous pieces of yeah. transfer business well, in it's history. Sa- it's a sign that you shouldn't do your transfer dealings sort of on the hoof, which which you know that 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 deal was. Yeah. It was a shambolic yeah. summer, wasn't it? When yeah. they knew that Suarez was was leaving, you know, the contingency plans that were in place weren't acceptable. Was, we, we sat there in America, didn't yeah, we? We, we heard Brendan Rodgers say on the record in a press conference, yeah. saying yeah. Mario Balotelli is a great player, but no absolutely chance, no yeah. chance of coming to Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, then, and then suddenly, yeah, Loic Remy fails a medical. You can't get Wilfred Boney. And somehow you find yourself in a situation where with a couple of days to the window shutting the manager's face with signing Eto or, or Balotelli. Yeah, let's uh, let's leave that there. I don't think <laughs> we need to go back over that. Um, Benteke, uh, different altogether. You know, um, obviously didn't do much at, 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 in the Euros, but a player who's proven he can score goals in the Premier League didn't have an outstanding year at Liverpool by any stretch of the imagination, but scored some important goals, um, but not really fitting into the Jurgen Klopp. Um, Ethos, and um, it's all about it's all about numbers. This James, isn't it? I mean, Palace looked to be virtually a done deal uh, going there. Um, we know they put in a twenty-five million pound offer. Are meant to be prepared to go to twenty-seven plus add-ons, um, but whether there's actually been a formal bid on that, we're not. We don't. We, we, there's some doubt on that, but. Uh, there's been a bit of noise in the last couple of days with his agent saying, "Oh, he can stay and fight for his place." I mean, this seems to be primarily a bit of politicking yeah. and trying to 
a get the best deal for him, and and b maybe trying to get, uh, you know, potential suitors trying to get Liverpool to shift down from the thirty million pound asking price. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a big just a big game going on at the moment. I think, you know, I think Liverpool know that Benteke won't be a Liverpool player come the end of the window. I think Benteke himself probably knows he won't be a Liverpool player either. But, you know, it, it's this kind of game of brinkmanship going on where Palace, any, I think any hopes of it getting done easily, which it looked last week like it might be, with, with Palace signalling they were ready to increase that offer. Um, and, and you know, Liverpool were saying, well, great, you know, as long as we can get back that £32 million that we paid Aston Villa, He's all yours, um, but they haven't been able to to get that agreement. And now, obviously, noise is coming out of Benteke's camp. Other suddenly now he's he's happy to stay and fight for his place. But I don't believe that because he knows he's not going to get a look in at Liverpool this season. Um, and you know, also, the idea that Liverpool would keep someone who I think is on 110, 115 grand a week as a as maybe a a plan B off the bench. I don't think that tallies either. So. So yeah, I think it, I think the frustrating thing you it's it's the kind of thing you don't want it to drag on, um, but at the moment it doesn't look like there'll be any resolution to it soon, anytime soon. Um, yeah, well, well, no doubt we'll come back to that one next week, and we might might have moved on. Uh, and finally, just very briefly, Luis Alberto, not not a player that uh, Liverpool fans have seen very much of, and um, in fact, when he was coming back, so I think there was quite a lot of people. Who'd sort of forgotten he was our player, given he'd been playing over at Deportivo for last season. But uh, we expect uh, he hasn't he hasn't been playing in the preseason games, and that's very much Liverpool keeping him in good shape for whenever he can head off to uh, head off to his, his next home. Really, yeah, I think you mentioned someone like Markovic earlier on, who I think Klopp is still looking at and assessing. But you know he's obviously made his mind up on Alberto. You know the fact that he didn't feature in either of the two games so far shows that you know, the game's up for him. He doesn't have a future. It's just a case of where where he goes. I think he had a good enough season on loan at Deportivo last season for Liverpool to believe they can get back the seven million that they paid Sevilla. I think three years ago, Sevilla want to have him back. Um, so just a case of getting that that deal done. Uh, I mean the other one we didn't mention is obviously Martin Skirtle, oh, who. Um, been a great servant to Liverpool. You know that's gone through today to to Fenerbahce, uh, and I think that's a deal that you know I think that just makes sense for everyone. I think it's a great move for him. We only had to see the amazing scenes at the airport when he, you know, they're a huge club and you know fanatical support in Istanbul. Um, you know he'll be worshipped there and be playing Champions League football. Um, and you know I think I think you know, it was time for him to go. I think you know five and a half million is a good good fee that Liverpool have banked. For him, uh, and you know he, he's a player that's been criticised and all the rest of it. But the bottom line is he's devoted eight years of his career, played 320 games for the club, uh, and has always given his best. And um, you know I think he'll he'll he'll, he'll, he'll you know, he deserves to be remembered as a as a as a as a really loyal servant. There were definitely a couple of really good. I mean, you know. Perhaps damning them with fame praise to say there was a couple of really good seasons in there. There was a couple of really good seasons and and several decent seasons. That was part of the problem. It was alternating, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he'd, just... he'd follow a really good season up with a with a mediocre one, and then he'd have a really good season again, and then it'd be a bit oh, that wasn't a great season. And yeah. he just just when you were thinking, oh, we need to replace him, he'd have he'd have a run oh, where he'd be really it, great. Was it Manchester City who wanted him, and then in twenty thirteen, and then that's that that season he was one of Liverpool's best players and scored. Ten goals, I think, from set pieces, and 
you think, well, there we go, there's a good bedrock, and then turns up the next season and it's absolutely terrible. So it's it's yeah, it, it's just consistency with him. But as James yeah. said, he was a good servant. So yeah, I think I think the vast majority of Liverpool fans will 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 wish him well. Uh, so good luck, Martin. Um, James, another of the new boys that you had a chat with uh, this week, uh, uh, Loris Curious. And uh, don't think he's had a save to make in two games. Uh, <laughs> his two games in pre-season so far, but I think you find a really determined and confident lad who's who's uh, he's not come here to sit on the bench, has he? No, no, he was uh, he was very impressive. You know, uh, yeah, sat down with the murder on the week at Melwood, and uh, you know, a young man who just absolutely uses self-belief and and confidence, and um, yeah, you know, you you kind of almost expected him to trot out that you know it's just great to be here let's see what happens kind of thing but but no he he, he left no one in that room in any doubt that he believes he will be Liverpool's number one this season um which uh you know, he's, and he's was, got the shirt he has he's got the shirt and it was interesting the fact that he said that obviously initially when he joined the fear was Liverpool would lose him at the start of the season to the Olympic Games with Germany and he said that he'd had a chat with Klopp and, and they had agreed that it wouldn't be the right thing for him to do. So, you know, he said he wanted to put the club first. Uh, and I think you know, he would have missed the first two Premier League games. So I think you know, that's an indication as well that, um, you know, that he thinks... I don't think he'd have given up on the Olympic Games if he thought he was going to be sitting on the bench at Arsenal. Um, obviously, Mignolet will be back for the start of the USA Tour. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll both get game time during that tour, and he'll certainly be a lot busier in those games than, than he has been so far. Um, but yeah, he seemed like a seemed like a good guy, and you know, obviously no stranger to England. Having had talked about his two years he'd had at Man City, um, where he was training with Joe Hart and Shea Given on a daily basis, and went away to Mines. You know, had, had three really good seasons with them, so highly regarded in the Bundesliga, and uh, and now he uh, he's got his sights set on 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 keeping hold of that number one position. It feels like a real Pepe Reina signing to me. Now I've said it, I've no doubt uh, <laughs> that's me that's me done for. But it just feels that sort of that under the radar he's done well in his home country and, and a manager who knows the league very well and knows knows what attributes he needs to succeed in that league. He's brought him over and uh, I, I can I can see him being a real success. Is so Simon Mignolet gonna have to get nasty, do we think? Do we think he's got got that in him to sort of really sort of you know, we know him as a very sort of polite, well mannered sort of um um, calm individual, don't we? You know, do, do we think he, he's sort of he's got it in him to really fight for that place? I think he definitely fights. He's very committed, isn't he? He's very focused, top professional, model professional. Um, and you know, I, I think there will be times during the season where there's you know, you know, his Mignolet back in the team, his Carriers back in the team. But I, I think ultimately, once the season ends, it'll probably be Carriers as number one. Yeah, I mean, Mignolet's been written off before, hasn't he? You think about you know, he was absolutely rock bottom when he when he lost his place to. To Brad Jones and, you know, and the way he bounced back after that and turned things around, um, so I wouldn't write him off. I wouldn't write him off just yet. Um, but there's no doubt he's got a fight on his hands. And uh, he's been at the club for three years. This you know, this is the first time really where he has had real competition because I think that's one thing that there hasn't been enough. That's been one of the problems I think why his form has been patchy at times because he isn't pushed enough and. Um, he'll certainly be pushed this season by uh, by carriers. And just to f- finish up uh, on this week's events, uh, with some uh, concerning news about uh, Mamadou Sakho, and uh, sadly not someone we're going to see in uh, for the 
likely probably about the first month of the season. Um, after all is, I was going to say trials and tribulations, don't think it quite got to a trial stage, did it? But certainly, uh, um, you know, UEFA disciplinaries cleared of the to play of the of the doping allegations, and then just when you're thinking, can't wait to see Sacco back, then uh, he's uh, got this. Uh, Achilles injury, so it's it's a frustration, that Christian, isn't it? I don't know which which minute he broke up Melwood. To be honest, it's, yeah. it's been some six months for him, hasn't it? Um, it it's it's a big loss. Just you know, a bit like the Carrius Minulay discussion we're having there. It's competition can only be a good thing, and and if you go into the season with you know three, let's say senior uh, centre backs in uh, Matip, uh, Lovren, and Sacco, and obviously there's players like Gomez and Anilori and and whatnot also. But let's just say they're, they're the three recognised sort of senior centre backs. You've got plenty of game time there. That's re- that, that's really good. It gives it gives Klopp options to, to play a particular two in one game or another, depending on the strengths of the opposition. That sort of is taken away now in terms of uh, you know with Sacco's there. He might have wanted to go with Sacco at Arsenal, for example, you know because he didn't really want to throw Matip in at the deep end first game. But now. Matip, who, by the way, has also carried a bit of an injury, had you know surgery over the summer. Was it surgery, or did he just have a? He had some screws. He had some screws. Removed, yeah. So he's not, let's say, hundred percent fit still, and but now he's pretty much going to have to play. You know, signers permitting uh, Matip and Lovren, and probably for the first, they say, you know, Arsenal, Burnley, Tottenham, uh, and you know that's maybe is not what he wants us to do. So it, it, it's a blow, and but hopefully when when Sacco's back. Looks has changed a little bit. Brilliant. Well, uh, it's been another busy week uh, for Liverpool. Um, suspect the next week's going to be just as busy with uh, Huddersfield and and Wigan. and Wigan in the next uh, in the next Don't seven. Don't forget Wigan. Don't forget Wigan. No, <laughs> Christian, you look delighted to be going to Wigan, and uh, and then Jim's uh, team will be flying off uh, to America. So. Um, uh, loads of, of stuff coming up. Uh, join us n- next week when we'll look back on those uh, uh, two preseason games this side and look ahead to the American tour. Thanks very much for listening. Cheers. <laughs>